Welcome to the inaugural episode of Geek Exploration, the podcast, where we take a magnifying glass and delve deep into a topic we find interesting. I'm Ben Q. Robinson, Esquire. And I'm John Jonathan Williams. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Time circuits on, get those flux capacitors fluxing, see if you bastards can do night. We're talking time travel. So, uh, what's going to be our first segment today? Something we call Back to the Past, where we discuss what has happened in this topic or field, um, sometimes real, sometimes fictional, probably leaning heavily towards fictional this time. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say m- mostly to be intriguing, but, um, yeah, but it's intriguing. probably going to be all. So, the, uh, the idea of, of time travel in fiction is relatively recent. According to a uh, article on Wired.com, it does go back as far as the uh, the ninth century BC, in a Hindu text called, oh man, I'm going to butcher this, the Mahabharata, and then from there we jump all the way up to 1819 with Rip Van Winkle. With those types of time travel stories, that concerns mostly a uh, a one way trip, like a person who wakes up in a different time, and they have to deal with it. You know, there's no, there's no um, conscious travel through time. It just happens. Um, then we jump up to 1895 with, of course, H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, which is uh, it's recognized as the first story where man intentionally travels through time. He does it with purpose. Troglodytes. Is that where that comes from? Uh, yeah, they, didn't he encounter a bunch of troglodytes there, and they like uh, w- chased him around? It's been a long time since I read that book. weren't they weren't they Morlocks? Oh, they might have been Morlocks, but they were essentially troglodytes. Yeah, I don't know what a troglodyte is, except for something that a pretentious person calls uh, somebody that they think they're better than. Oh, you troglodyte! You know that sort of thing. Yeah, they're, they're like uh, cave, kind of like cavemen, but. Uh, Oh. Um, then we go to 1899 with a French Jewish philosopher uh, named Henry Bergson. Is that it? That doesn't sound very French. Uh, Henry Bergson. That oh, sounds much more French. Yeah, where he published a thesis titled Time and Free Will, which uh, sort of came out of uh, the writings of H.G. Wells and uh, the intentions of man traveling through time. Um, from there, that thesis helped popularize it in science fiction um so then we go up to what was the thesis the thesis was time and, and free will yeah we, okay but what, what what like what was the content of the thesis i didn't read that deep nope not at all <laughs> skimming the surface I'm, I'm not here to actually teach a lesson but if you want to read a thesis that uh that spawned from hg wells's time machine there was one, and okay. it, was, it was kind of a big deal because it made it onto somebody's timeline, and now it made it onto ours. Because I imagine it had something to do with you know, causality and whether or not you know, history is deterministic or like can you go back and change time? He was probably one of the, sounds like he was one of the first guys to muse about whether or not if you went back you could actually change events or are you locked into, you know, history is unchangeable. You, know, you go back to kill Hitler and you don't. Succeed or you do, but it's in a bunker and nobody knows about it and everyone thinks he killed himself. 
Yeah, possibly. Didn't didn't uh, didn't Wells have have something to do with? Oh, or I'm just thinking of the movie, aren't I? Yeah, I'm thinking of that movie with uh, with Guy Pierce where he went he went and tried to I don't know. Didn't he have intentions of like saving his fiance from getting shot or something? I know that didn't happen in the book. In the book, he was just a scientist that wanted to be cool and do it. Yeah, for science. Um, yeah, I don't like I said. It's been a long time since I read that book and did not have enough prep time to actually reread it before doing this. And then we jump to uh, the 1930s when uh, people building time capsules became uh, became a thing. Um, that was people's way of sending a message to the future. Um, and then we uh, in 1941 um, we had uh, Robert Heinlein's uh, "By His Bootstraps." Uh, story, which was regarded as the the writing that first introduced the idea of a person appearing in multiple dimensions, um, multiple timelines, and meeting themselves, that sort of thing that later became popularized with uh, Back to the Future and lots of other things. He, he did a couple pretty good time travel stories. Yeah, yeah. You're the you're the you're the bigger the bigger Heinlein fan. I know I've tried a couple times, but I haven't finished one. I'll be honest. Yeah, well, the the uh, by, uh, by his bootstraps, I think, is a short story, so yep. it's a little easier to get through. He also has um, another one that's really good called uh, "All You Zombies," which is almost the same story, except it's it's slightly rearranged and it basically involves a man uh, being born as a woman, getting a sex change into a man, being recruited by himself into time travel service, at which time he goes back in time to impregnate his younger self and become his own father and mother. <laughs> uh, which, uh, it, it sounds convoluted, but it, uh, is a little, a bit of an easier read than that. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Then there's a, the door into summer is another one. That's uh, it's like a time travel vengeance story, which is pretty fun. I don't think he ever actually meets himself in that one though. No, but he meets a lot of the people, that he means to screw over because they screwed him over. <laughs> it's like payback with time travel and less murder. Yeah. Less Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, as far as, as far as history goes, that kind of wraps it up because that leads us into the 1950s and, um, and the boom of science fiction where... I could spend an entire hour just citing all the different authors and stories who have done uh, time travel books from there, um, as well as movies and uh, TV and such. So let's just call it after uh, after 1941, everything or nothing important happened with time travel. Yeah, so it's kind of weird that there was this, the the there was it doesn't sound like there was a really good popular c- concept of time travel as as a concept until the 1800s huh yeah yeah and it's it's not something mm-hmm. like uh like aliens or gods or mythology where it's just always been around you know in 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 various forms you know it's it's i guess it you know we we grew up in a world where time travel was a fun daydream so i wonder i wonder if that has something to do with the pace of progress cuz you know you go back you know, a thousand years and, you know, not a lot significantly changed from, you know, a hundred or 200 years before or after the point that you would have lived. Yeah. So the idea of going forward and backward of t- in time may not have a, a whole lot of allure. 
Yeah, yeah. And, Whereas and then, you know, post in, post industrial revolution, things started getting cracking. Where you could imagine, you know, in five hundred years time, a, 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 a incredibly bright and dif- different future. Well, especially when you look at things like like uh, like space travel, or or knowledge of space. Yeah, like like one one century, they're they're just looking at it, going, "What the hell's up there?" There's something for sure. You know, they're not they're not cavemen going, you know, like barking at the moon and beating their chests at it, thinking it's a, a cheese god up in up in a black sky. But you know, once people start uh, appreciating the the concept of space, you know, all of a sudden it unlocks so much imagination, so much wonder. Like, holy shit, what can we do next? You know, it's like, oh, okay time yeah yeah it's not all just this here stuff here right directly in front of me and i mean and, and even that i mean that was only 600 years ago that people started figuring that out all right that was a fun little history segment yeah 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 maybe maybe i'll polish it up in the in the future and actually do my research on the uh, on the items and not just give the headlines but maybe not probably you, not yeah yeah you, you piqued my curiosity at least exactly see now now you have a reason to go to the library and explore yeah. okay let's move on to our next segment which is going to be our one word review of the topic so ben what is your one word that you would describe uh how you feel about time travel uh, oddly enough, with how excited and, and much I think about time travel, my, the, the word I came to as my one-word review is terrifying. Oh, oh, interesting. Uh, please elaborate. Uh, mostly because uh, the, the potential consequences of time travel, as have been very thoroughly uh, expounded upon uh, in, in the last uh, 150 years, it sounds like, the idea of the possible repercussions, um, like if someone came to me and said, hey, I got a time machine, you want to go back in time without some pretty hefty reassurances that I wasn't going to fuck everything up, uh, I don't think I'd do it. And if there was like causal, you know, if, if you could go back and change things and mess with things, like I definitely, w- I don't think I would feel comfortable traveling back, at, you know, any further than like the birth of my kids. Because I can't imagine like coming back and being like, oh, you got different kids now. That'd be horrible. On a similar note, I would totally use it to go to the future because there's no consequences in the future. Yeah. Not for me, at least. <laughs> well, for me, I think my the, the one word that I came up with to, uh, to describe my feelings about time travel is fascinating. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, I hope when I die, I can find a catalog of time I've spent doing whatever. And... One of the things I'd love to know is how much time I've spent daydreaming about time travel. <laughs> it has occupied so much of my time and thoughts. Um, I, I am utterly fascinated by it. Yeah, I think mind-boggling would be another one because mm-hmm. uh, when you start traveling down the rabbit hole on what happened, what could happen, yeah, does this happen or could that happen or which is why what led me to terrifying is just like whoa you know it's just so uncertain that without some pretty you know a much better idea of how it would work than i have currently it would be off limits yeah you end up looking like a milton crest from license to kill and your head just puffs up real quick and yeah (laughs) all right um first impressions cue that jingle All right. 
That jingle comes from uh, from the the B the B Robbie boys um, out of uh, Folsom, California. Thank you very much for that jingle. Um, so, Ben, what was what's your what's your first impression? What's your earliest memory of encountering? time travel. So I was thinking about this and it, it, it kind of took me a little while to kind of get back to what the first one was. And, uh, as one would imagine, it was as a child, not something I thought about, but the, the, the first experience I think I had with the concept of, of traveling back and forth in time and, uh, going back and, you know, visiting ancient civilizations or the wild West or, you know, all the exciting stuff that you could do with time travel, was Mr. Peabody and his boy Sherman from Rocky and Bullock. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Quiet, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, I, I still, it's still possible you know, when they traveled back to the West, and like, back in the Wild West, when men were men, and women were men. They traveled back to ancient Rome and the Wild West and prehistoric times, and uh, it very uh, loosely historically based. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they were too hung up on accuracy um, if they could make a good pun or two. Um, it sounds kind of like they uh, like they traveled to the future and ripped off our comic book idea. And jerks. Yeah, we went to the Wild West. We were planning on going to Rome. Well, they did have a time machine. So those they could have done son that. of a bitches but uh but yeah i mean i th- that was the first thing that i saw and like really in my sparked my imagination for you know what time travel could be like not you know living outside your own timeline really you know you know weirdly enough i don't remember watching that show ever like i remember its existence i remember what it looks like when they when they're actually traveling through time with the wayback machine I remember uh, Sherman's annoying voice and the and the whole quiet you thing, but I really could not, you know, recount the events of a single episode of that show. I doubt I could recount them accurately, but I can barely recount the events of my own life accurately, and I know I was there for that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've probably had to correct you a few times. Did you? Yeah. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch Rocky and Bullwinkle? Much? I loved Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, which is so surprising. It was freaking great. Here's something we hope you'll really like. Yeah, Boris and Natasha. Yeah, and 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 the the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, so that's mine. Um, how about you, John? You know, I I um I had it down, and I'm gonna stick with it, but I'm not sure it's true anymore. Um, but I will I will get to to what I uh, what I question. Uh, a little bit later. Um, so my earliest memory is, of course, the Holy Grail. It had to happen at some point. I'm I'm shocked we hadn't said the uh, the name yet, except maybe I did. Uh, no, I think I said Back to the Past. It was Back to the Future. I remember being a small, small child. It's one of my one of my earliest uh, movie watching memories with my family. We we had it uh, we had it taped off of uh, off of TV on a VHS. Um, so we had commercials and everything. I remember being so, so intrigued by, by the idea that, uh, that this kid was living in the past, you know, and, and, and even, even as a little kid, we're like, I didn't know shit from, from, you know, what the fifties was like. Um, you know, sure. Mr. Sandman felt like an old song and the cars and the clothing. I understood that it was the past. Um, but just seeing somebody in my present 
you know, traveling back, interacting with his family. Like it, it all, it all clicked with me. It was so, so again, fascinating. And, and it, it, it really was the catalyst that, that sparked like a lifelong, um, not obsession, but, um, interest. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to say fascination again. Um, with with the idea of you know what would I do in that situation where, where you know and nowadays you look back and you're like you idiot like what <laughs> you you know your dad's not gonna die or I mean maybe you don't you're a teenager never mind I feel bad now I'm sorry Marty McFly um, and that also was uh, where I learned the term bastard. Oh, well, good. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Lesson. That's a good one to know. I, I remember, I remember, um, when the movie ended, I, geez, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, you know, just like, just like jumping around like a little kid does, you know, all excited because you just watched a movie that was awesome. It was a late night at my, you know, childhood home. And I, and I just remember I saying to one of my sisters, I was like, you bastards. And oh man, oh, I bet you got in trouble. Oh, I got in trouble. <laughs> little 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 Mormon kid calling his sisters bastards. Um, so that's that's when I learned about the word bastard and that it was not a good word. Um, that's a great word. Yeah, it it really is. Especially in the states, like it's a good, uh, it's a good. It carries a lot of animosity, but it's not like you know, it's not super vulgar. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it it gets the point across without being too crass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's even a little a, a little more or a little less uh, less obscene than like bitch, even though it's kind of the equivalent, like the male equivalent of it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I've always felt. And I always go. I always think back to a, an episode of Scrubs where where they're talking about looking for the good in people, and uh, and Doctor Cox and I think also Doctor Kelso later in the episode says people are bastard coated bastards with bastard filling. <laughs> There's no creamy center. Now, I think that'll lead us in, actually, to our next segment, which is Ben hates ranking lists, so John does one. I do hate ranking. I mean, I don't necessarily hate other people's ranking lists. I just hate having to try and do it myself. Oh, really? I mean, I'm not a big fan of ranking lists. Like, there's like a generally on uh, like YouTube or the internet in general, if it's like 10 of these things, I skip it. Oh man! See, I love those. I can watch those all day long. They just um, seem like such mindless clickbait. Like, hey, I'm gonna make a list of ten things and put them in a category, and people are gonna watch this, and it works. So I get it. But uh, I don't know. I just they, they just doesn't seem to hold a whole lot of value value for me. Also, I don't have strong opinions on lots of things. So if you ask me, like my 10 favorite breakfast cereals. Like I don't, I don't really have strong opinions on breakfast cereals. Uh, you're, you're, you're not, you're not wired for that. No, I guess not. Your robot brain has better things to do. Um, no emotions. I think that's sort of what it is for me is like, it's seeing what, what somebody else thinks about something I care about. Cause I mean, if it, if it was like top 10 favorite breeds of fish, like I don't give two shits about that, so I'm not gonna watch that. But if it's like you know, if somebody has has a uh, you know top ten Batman storylines, yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what they have to say. And with with some of these things, you know, sometimes I'll 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 learn something. I'll get turned on to something that I didn't know existed before. Yeah, I could see I I could see that. Um, I think I think you're just hungry for validation, 
and or eager to get upset at them for being dumb. Yes, I, I do like getting upset. <laughs> you want to watch it and be like, yeah, that's right, I agree. Or be like, you're an idiot, that's not the best Batman storyline. Yeah. You didn't even include this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. do you mean, the long Halloween's on there? That's not a great mystery. You sons of bitches, Jeff Loeb! Yeah. <laughs> Hush, number one. <laughs> They're lucky they had Jim Lee. Um, okay, so Ben hates ranking lists, so John does one. You know, I probably could have and should have thought longer about this, but I'm just doing it. I'm doing my top five favorite time travel movies. Um, I, I came up with a, with a concept that probably would have been better, but it probably would have taken oh. longer, and I didn't flesh it out because I was too busy learning how to use this recorder. Oh, well, t- tell us what you've ro- what ju- jewel you've robbed us of. Oh, it was top five things I do with a time machine. Oh, yeah, that would take definitely take some more thought. Yeah, yeah, not quite as obvious. Yeah, so um, we can my, touch on that. My my later. top five, just to get it out of the way. Number one is of course the Back to the Future series. We're just we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna call that out right now. Lump, um, them, lump them all together so it's not three individual items on a list of five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I suppose I could have done a top ten and then had, uh, you know, my favorite Back to the Futures in there. But um, top five is quicker and easier. So, number five, I'm going to go with, this was the, uh, the debatable first, uh, first encounter, our first impression of time travel, uh, my earliest memory. It was another movie that we watched in my family's house when I was a child. It was Flight of the Navigator. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that movie. I had forgotten about that until I looked, uh, looked at a list, and I was like, holy shit, yeah, that's totally a time travel movie, and I loved that movie as a kid. I've been meaning to get it on Blu-ray. Um, it had uh, a young uh, Sarah Jessica Parker with uh, some pink hair. It had, like a, uh, it had her talking about a Twisted Sister video. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the kid, and I feel kind of bad. But I... Don't remember either, so... Yeah, hey... At least you're not alone. You know what I found out recently? Do you know who the voice of the ship is? I do not. It's friggin' Paul Rubens. It's Pee Wee Herman. Really? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a solid 15 years, so... Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't have guessed it, but I I remember at one point in the movie, he does do like a ha-ha, you know, like Pee-wee type Oh, he totally did. I do, yeah. I do remember that, yeah. But like when it's like that, you are the navigator, you know, it's probably a terrible impression. And like, there's going to be some geek sitting here listening to it and going, you son of a bitch, how dare you make that voice? Yeah, you're so terrible at it. Because I do the same thing to other people when they do bad impressions. Whoops. (laughs) <laughs> um okay next up we have oh, hold on oh yes before you go on okay i got a uh a little anecdote about the flight of the navigator Ooh, i'm intrigued when i was uh geez i was probably in second or third probably third grade i was so excited to see that movie um that uh, we went down to the local video store and went and picked it up when we got home it was not flight of the navigator it was the Navigator, which coincidentally is another time travel movie about cavemen that come to modern times somehow. What the hell? Uh, it, haven't seen it since, but third grade me hated it. Did not like it. Was really not happy 
that uh, this was not the uh, shiny spaceship with a little eyeball thing taking a kid through time and space movie that I was hoping it was. Mm-hmm. That cute little like six inch tall alien dude that yeah. waves his hands out out into out into the into the air like he's partying. Yeah, exactly. I was really upset. Thought it was a terrible movie. My taste was was probably not as expanded. So maybe it's a great movie. It's also a time travel movie. So that it fits right in here. Also, then we went to take it back the next day and get the actual Flight of the Navigator, and the movie store closed up shop and was completely gone. Whoa, like they just liquidated it in the middle of the night and you were yeah. stuck with the Navigator? They were just gone, yeah, and we were stuck with the Navigator on VHS. Oh, did you chuck it and make a really bad pun about it being the Flight of the Navigator? <laughs> I, I Throw it I, in the river? I can only hope that I did, but uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what became of it. I certainly don't have it anymore. I think we need to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I also think we need to watch Flight of the Navigator. We should watch both of those. Like this is all just in the moment coming back to me, and like, you know, him falling down into that ditch, and then like, you know, coming coming back home, and then all of a sudden his little brother's older, his dad is visibly older, everyone's all all super friggin' confused. Like it really it really um, did something different than Back to the Future, you know, where you were following the kid through this like happy little adventure it does have stakes but it's still like a happy adventure whereas in flight of the navigator you were legitimately like scared and confused along with this main character yeah yeah because it was an adventure but it was not uh it was not all roses yeah it was, you know uh, what? It t- there was some tension there and now that i think about it like i don't even remember like the second half of the second act or like the third act or what you know what what the whole point is and what happens so, holy crap, I need to go watch it. But it is definitely, it holds a, holds a special place in my heart, so it's on my top five. Um, next up, we have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Fuck yeah. Yep, the two slackers that, uh, that need to ace a, a high school history project, or, uh, or one of them's going to get sent off to military school. They sort of play guitars and, and call themselves the Wild Stallions. And uh, so they, they find a time travel or, or a, uh, a, a time machine along with, uh, with a younger George Carlin, or I guess older but younger than he was in our lifetime before he died. Um, yeah, apparently he'd done some stuff before that, but at that point in my life, wasn't aware of it. Yeah, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And Rufus! And, you know, they go and meet Billy the Kid and Napoleon and Socrates and... Uh, Genghis Khan. Yeah, Beef Oven. Uh, Joan of Arc, and uh, I'll be damned if they don't they don't ace that project. <laughs> um, yeah, I never had any presentations in school that were anywhere near that bodacious. No, no, not at all. Like nobody even faked it like that. Um, and that that reminds me, I went to this uh, this uh, cafe in Rancho Cordova over the weekend called Back to the Eighties. That place is fucking legit. Like, you have to go there. I started telling Brian and Kyle about it. Brian went the next day. It is so 100% committed. The, the, guy, the guy who ran the counter is dressed up as George McFly and, and, uh, and introduced himself as such. The, really? the, the memorabilia they have, like, I, same thing with them. Like, I would show pictures and I would tell people this if I didn't want people to experience it cold like I did. Like just having no idea what I was going into. Angelina made me close my eyes until we got there. And it's in such a little unassuming corner of Rancho, like out on 
Sunrise and White Rock, right by that Arby's, like over by the Costco. And, and oh, really? Oh my goodness! What, what are they? What are they? I guess that's very local information. Probably not as interesting for a podcast. But uh, so, what exactly did they do? like? What is their? What do they do? They um, back to the eighties was a shop in Sacramento and then in Rancho Cordova, but it is now a cafe and shop. So they've got eighties memorabilia. They've got you know trading cards. They I, again, I I don't want to to spoil it. I mean, do they sell Ecto Cooler and Clear Pepsi? They don't have those. Um, it's cafe. They totally should. They they do have a cooler that has uh, that has RC Cola and Jolt and Tab. Oh, um, still exists. Yeah, their 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 soda fountain is uh is straight out of the eighties. Like it is a vintage at this point uh, soda fountain. It's amazing. Um, they they I mean, and they've got shit that I will not tell you about because I want you to see it firsthand. So uh, we got we got to do that in the near future, or you can do it on your own. I don't care. But I'm gonna go back at some point, and you should go there at some point. Yeah, no, I will. I, I, we should go there. That sounds fun. Oh, and tying it all in, the reason why I totally forgot, because they have thrifty ice cream there, but they have a Ziggy Piggy challenge. Awesome. Yeah, so it's it's like 12 scoops of ice cream and all the toppings and shit, and if you if you complete it, then you get a uh, you get a you get your picture on a wall, and mm. and there may be a T-shirt involved too, or maybe it's just a sticker. Ziggy piggy, ziggy piggy, ziggy piggy, ziggy piggy. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next up is uh, man. This segment is turning into something entirely too long. Uh, next up it's is good thing we're not both doing lists. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> uh, number three is the Terminators. The first two Terminators. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't even think of them at first until again, I was looking at, at a list and I was like, Oh yeah, of course those yeah, are time travel. They're movies. absolutely, they're just, they're just, they're, they're so different in, in that we're not following this character through his journey in time. Like we are, we are in the present where characters from the future have shown up. Um, I don't think we really need to go into why the first two terminators are, uh, are great. No, especially T2. T2 is, magic yeah you you get a new tv you know or a new surround sound system or you just got a blu-ray player there are two options there's jurassic park and there's terminator 2 yep you know uh, terminator to to sum it up like the the whole idea of like of kyle reese getting sent back to be the father of the person who sent him back you know like, like the the idea of they they like simultaneously introduced the idea of um, foregone conclusions and predetermination, but also making it about the idea that there, man, I'd I'd butcher the quote, but you know, uh, paraphrasing, there's no future, but what we make of it, you know, the, the, the future is not determined, you know, that you can still write your own, your own path. Yeah. Apparently you can kind of write the past too. If you send the right guy back to screw your mom. Yeah. Or, Or I mean, or you, keep from from fucking up the future by doing that what came first i don't know yeah. all right and here we go the or, or uh, who came first the, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the number two the what we've all been waiting for oh 
that echoed more than I thought it would. Um, we have the, uh, shit, what year was it? 1979, 1980, 81? One of those. The Christopher Reeve, Jane Seymour classic, mm. Somewhere in Time. Yeah. Based on the book uh, Bid Time Return by Richard Matheson, um, which I could not finish. I tried. Um, the concept of, you know, what lengths would you go to for true love? Uh, oh, wait. First off, have you seen this, Ben? I have, but it's been a long time. Okay. You need to, you need to take care of that shit. I've not seen it as an adult, I don't think. Or at least not a... But I, I wasn't an adult until I was at least 25. Wow. When, how, under, under what circumstances did you see it? Because your parents don't strike me as the type of people who would watch that movie. No, I think I think you, I watched. I think you brought it over when we were living when I when I was maybe twenty something or other. Oh shit! That seems like a. Oh, that's right. I and was Casabella probably. Yeah, I was bugging you and Zach. Like I think, I think we made some bet or something where if I won, you guys had to watch it. Yeah, because it's like a oh. cheesy romance flick. Oh, it had something to do with me getting laid. <laughs> So it was, it wasn't certain that it was ever going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think I was on one of my like years long dry spells and, and, and you guys said like the next time you, you get laid, then we'll watch it. I'm almost certain that's yeah, what it was. That, 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 that tracks. <laughs> oh, I'll humble myself and, and, and admit that this is one of two movies to ever make me cry. The other one being where the red fern grows, uh, get off my back. Um, you know, this, this movie about a man who, who sees, sees a picture of a woman and becomes obsessed with her and decides to find a way to travel through time to go and meet her. And as it turns out, you know, maybe there's a little, a little predestination in there. Well, Um, at least you traveled back in time because if you traveled to now and did that, it would totally be sexual assault. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be a much different story. Yeah. It's stalking. Yeah, so that is my list. There, there are some some big, some big interesting things that happen in somewhere in time that I I'm not going to spoil for people. Just uh, you should go and watch it. Um, just as a side note, I looked up the Navigator. It's actually called the Navigator: A Medieval Odyssey. Whoa, from 1988. It's an Australian movie, apparently. Australian. It's definitely the right one. Men seeking relief from the Black Death, guided by a boy's vision, dig a tunnel from the 14th century England to 20th century New Zealand. Weird. Yeah, that is a it's a hell of a tunnel. It's got a seven out of ten though on IMDb. No shit, huh? Yeah. So it might be decent. I don't All know. Right. <laughs> I don't recognize anybody in it. I was hoping somebody famous would have been in it. Top bill is Bruce Lyons. I don't know who Bruce Lyons is. What's what's our next segment, Ben? I've been talking for a while. Hmm, what is our next segment? Look at the list here. Um, oh well, we'll bleed right into uh, our favorite use um of time travel in pop culture which i imagine yours is back to the future you know i i thought about it oh shit and i decided not to use back to the future i i think i think it's too much of a gimme so um i had i had two things on my list careful we're gonna go through this whole podcast without talking about back to the future uh i kind of want to Ooh. Uh, I'm, well, I mean, no, I, I talked about it as my, my earliest memory. I guess that's fair. Yeah. But 
earlier when I when I was when I was making my show notes, I thought of Somewhere in Time as being one of them. And then it was only after that where I was like, "Oh shit, that should 100% be my my top uh uh, my top on the uh, on on my top list, um, so I don't need to talk about that. Um, but why don't why don't you go ahead and take lead on this, so I'm not just chatting forever. Um, all right, so um, I on mine um, I I also was trying to avoid Back to the Future more because I was figuring you were going to talk about it. <laughs> and uh, what else? My I think my favorite time travel story might have been i was bouncing between either uh door to summer that i talked about briefly the heinland story mm-hmm. and um it, just a good poignant like you know classic time travel story the the sound of thunder by ray bradbury yep yep where they go back to hunt the dinosaur they go back to you know they kill they're gonna go kill a t-rex that a tree fell on anyway oh jeez, no shit yeah they go back to kill it and they, the guy get like you know he loses his nerve and like stumbles off the path and the guy gets all mad and hey you, you get back on the path get those bullets he makes him go pry the bullets out of him and brings him back and like fascists have won the election and all kinds of weird things have changed because he stepped on a butterfly which sounds kind of uh I guess these days it sounds very um, trite and um, like hack, except it wasn't when he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that was a it, that was he, a good he, like it was, it was like a solid, unique time travel concept. Yeah, it was it. it was it was pioneering. Like yeah. I remember when it when it blew my young mind. Yeah, like all he did was step on a butterfly, and it and it made weird, subtle changes to the future when he came back, and then the the guy kills him in the end. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Oh, I, I said that a little late. I would say it's a good story and you, you should go read it. But now, yeah, it is still good. And that's that's not the whole point of the story. No, no, it's not. The, the butterfly thing is really the bigger. Spoiler, yeah, I think. Yeah. So. Uh, but if you haven't read. Don't bother reading it. If you haven't read like that 70 year old story by now. Uh, well, get on it. Yeah. 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 I think 70 years is beyond the uh, the threshold for being really mad about spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but Door to Summer is a great book, too. That I that I really liked. It's 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 cool because there's like this inventor guy, and he he like he's like a genius inventor making like service robots and stuff. And then like his his girlfriend slash secretary and his business partner like totally fuck him over and leave him out, hang him out to dry. So he gets all mad and drunk and decides to freeze himself for I think five hundred years or something. And uh, he he does that and then goes to the future and I don't want to spoil too much, I guess, because it's it's a whole book. I don't want to ruin a whole book for somebody. But he he goes to the future and like is all confused by what's going on and ends up finding, you know, a way to really screw over the people that screwed him over using time travel. And uh, it's it's good. I like Heinlein, though. I thought it was really fun. You know, it's it's interesting. The uh, the the two the two stories you've talked about by by Heinlein. Um, one about a, a man freezing himself and the other one with a man, uh, becoming his own parents, his own, everything essentially is, is like the Genesis of himself. Like where did he actually come from? Yeah. Um, well, well my, one of, one of my favorites and I don't know, I don't know if this would count, you know, cause I, 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 I'm sure if I, I'm sure if I really did some digging, I could come up with like my absolute favorite, you know, but I just I was looking for things that that, that I thought were really cool. Um, so what was interesting about about those two Highland stories is it kind of ties into the one that I wanted to talk about, which is an episode of Futurama. 
which for those yeah. who don't know Futurama is the story of a, of a dude who accidentally gets frozen for a thousand years, wakes up in the future. Um, and hijinks ensue. Great series. First season was, was a, was a little, little tough until they found their, uh, their groove. Man, that was such a good series. Um, but I, I like it more than the Simpsons. Oh yeah. Like by 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was, there was an episode, uh, shit, I, I should have done more research, but I, but this came to me kind of late in the game of, of making notes. I think I know exactly which one you're of talking about. Of course you are. Here. Yeah. And it, it's solid gold. I agree. Yeah. Completely. So the, the crew, um, through, through an accident involving a, uh, a microwave and, uh, sticking something metal in a microwave while going through like cosmic rays or some shit. This is, this is going through, uh, through the filter of my memory, uh, of a few years ago. I haven't, I haven't gone through the series in a little while. So they go back to the 1950s. They go to, uh, to Roswell, uh, or they crash land in Roswell uh, Bender gets busted into a bunch of pieces. That's actually what the military finds. So that's that's the the quote unquote uh, alien spacecraft that uh, that was found in Roswell. Um, they piece him back together. It looks like a little flying saucer. But Fry meets his grandfather. You know, kind of a Back to the Future thing. And he uh, he his his uh, his grandfather um, through a weird twist is actually. I mean, I don't think they explicitly say it, but it, it is very heavily implied that his grandfather is is a uh, a gay man. So that that's a little confusing for him. But then he also meets his grandma, um, who he doesn't realize is his grandma, and he bangs his grandma, and his grandfather dies. So uh, then you find out, or he finds out, we find out along with him, that he is his own grandfather. And uh, yeah. Uh, that that episode is is one of my favorites of all time. I, I I just I loved the concept of him actually being his own grandfather, especially after growing up on a movie like Back to the Future, where you're like, oh, gross, Don't like fuck your grandma. Yeah, yeah, like oh, <laughs> ew, you just kissed your mom. That's so weird. Like it was taboo when they were making the movie. You know, they're like, wait, this is incest. We can't do this. Yeah. And. uh yeah, and then it turns out later on that because of being his own grandfather, the 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 past nastification, as they uh, as they refer to it in a later episode, he's got special brain waves that make him immune to the uh, shit. I can't remember their names. Those 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 bouncing brains that take over civilizations. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and for our listeners uh, that may want to go see this, the episode is called. Roswell that ends well. Ah, and it's uh, apparently season nineteen of episode or uh, uh, season, season three, episode nineteen. Yeah, Comedy Central picked that thing up for for a few seasons, yeah, but not definitely that didn't make it to nineteen. Not yeah. Oh man, there we go. I, I I I like having you on the facts there. Yeah. So yeah, that is a great episode. Uh, great se- series in general. Oh my goodness! I uh, yeah. One of my I, I didn't even, of all time. for some reason, I didn't even think of that as, as time travel when I was kind of going through all this stuff. Like Futurama didn't even enter my mind. You know, and, and I think, I mean, I, I guess at the root of it, yeah, he has traveled a thousand years into the future. But for some reason, maybe it's because cause the, the, the idea is never like, I need to get back sort of thing that, that it, just, it just seemed like a sitcom where him being frozen was a... Uh, was the uh like a device yeah yeah the yeah. other the other episode that they did that really that i that i really liked that kind of highlighted 
that was the one where he gets mad because he figures out that his uh because he thinks his brother was the first man oh. on Mars. Luck of the Fryish. Yeah. Yeah, that and, and you know, and then he finds out that it was actually, you know, his you know, his brother's son that got named. But I mean like it like it's it's oh, it's, it's, it's it's uncharacteristically touching for for that show. Dude, I just got chills. Yeah. Thinking about a, the end of that episode. Yeah, that is a that is a really cool episode. Yeah, too. his brother was always was always ripping off his moves and stuff and he had this this lucky five-leaf clover that uh Yeah. That, that that would help him out. So he goes searching for it, finds out his brother or you know, thinks his brother stole it from his safe and then yeah, that first man on Mars being Philip J. Fry, but it, but it's his brother. He's like, he stole my name too. Yeah. Oh, and he kicks the statue or something and hurts his foot. Yeah. Weird. Uh, yeah. And then, oh man. Yeah. That's oh, a- th- those moments when they go into the past just kill like that dog. Yeah. The dog waiting for him. Oh, that's for- one of the saddest moments ever. And there, yeah. there's one where, where he, where he has a, he has a touching moment with his mom too. And, uh, man, Ooh, yeah. oh, time to go start that series over. Yeah, like when they really hit on the time travel aspect of it, or, you know, the fact that he is, is out of time or, or some of the best episodes Yeah, in, uh, in Futurama. Man. All right. Um, I think now comes the time in the show where we need to, um, have a couple words from our sponsors. Um, so we got, <laughs> we'll be right back, but we've got to get the bills paid. Um, so, uh, stay tuned and, um, we will return. Waiter, waiter, Phil, did you ever see such poor service? I'm going to call the manager. Take it easy, Walt. What's mostly wrong is your grouch. I'm sorry, Phil, but my digestion is so upset. What you may need for your poor digestion is something that works after nature's own order. Try Carter's little liver pill. Good advice. When your digestion is upset and you feel headachy and irritable, take Carter's little liver pills. You see, each day, nature normally produces about two pints of a vital digestive juice to help digest your food. If nature fails, your food may remain undigested, leaving you headachy and irritable. To feel cheerful and happy again, take Carter's Little Liver Pills. They increase the flow of this vital digestive juice quickly, often in as little as 30 minutes, and you're on the road to feeling better. Don't depend on artificial aids to counteract indigestion, when Carter's Little Liver Pills aid digestion after nature's own order. Take Carter's Little Liver Pills as directed. Get them at any drugstore, only 25 cents. Welcome back, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed those uh, delicious sponsors there that are, uh, that are helping put my kid through college. Yep. Totally real sponsorship deals that we have. Um, all right, so our next segment up is a uh, is a segment called what if this is where we uh discuss um potentialities um you know we we can come up with with scenarios potential uh uh pitfalls or uh, or benefits yeah. to what this would, thing existing in the real world what would we do with a time machine yeah let's see if you if if somebody showed up at your front door ben and they uh they had a uh, a time machine there, and they said, "I can take you to do one thing. What are you going to do?" Um, well, without some uh, clarification on that, um, I can tell you what I would do, and that would be go to the future. 
Because the past is fraught with potential paradoxes and peril, but the, uh, the future is wide open. Um, and frankly, one of my other dreams, um, and still is, and, I, and, I, and I'm hoping sometime before I die I can actually achieve this one, is to go to space. Mm-hmm. And so the opportunity to travel forward in time to a point where space travel is, um, if not commonplace, at least uh, commercially available, um, would be just fucking rad. And uh, would not have to worry about coming back and my kids being replaced with, you know, sentient ape children or something. Now, is that the only thing that that keeps you from going into the past? What if they said this this in no way can affect the present? Ah, now in that case, I would definitely be okay going. Now, so was, I would be okay going to the past if it was like observational only, like you couldn't actually affect things that were going on, but you could go and see and experience things. Because mm-hmm. frankly, when it comes to time travel, I'm more interested in like you know the experience than I would be interested in like changing things. Like I don't want to go back and kill Hitler or go back and you know shake somebody's hand, whatever. Uh, there'd be, there'd probably some historical figures that it would be fun to have a conversation with, but, uh, frankly, it would be just cool to go back and, you know, see actual dinosaurs or, you know, go see the pyramids when they were new, mm-hmm. um, you know, covered in marble with gold caps and, you know, see who the shit made them, if it was aliens or not. Yeah, exactly. You could just go back and learn, you know, kind of fill in the mysteries of history. Uh, and then also like going back and seeing like the live aid concerts or, you know, going back and seeing Pink Floyd in their heyday or mm-hmm. any number of like, like if you could go back and, you know, be assured that it wouldn't affect everything and still experience shit, there'd be a lot of cool concerts I'd go and see just cause there's some stuff that it doesn't exist anymore. All right. So back to the original premise, but adding in the caveat that you cannot affect, uh, the present, what is the one thing you do? I'd still probably go to space. I really want to go to space. Okay. Fair enough. You know, it's interesting. I was, uh, you know, you, you heard that little, uh, that little test recording I did, um, where I was telling, uh, my little four year old that, uh, that I had just gone to the future and come back. Well, eventually that conversation led to how I went into space. So yeah, you're, you're, you're not the only one on that, uh, on that wavelength. Oh, space is awesome. Let's go. We should be there already. <laughs> so what about you, John? What would be uh, your single time travel desire? You know, as, as much as much, I mean, you, you kind of covered all the bases. Like I even have on my, uh, on, on my notes here, like past, future, see the dinos, see if hoverboards ever happen. Um, oh, would you be worried about messing up the time stream is my next note on there. So you, Incredibly. Yeah, you you did a very good job um, reading my thoughts because I know you did not read my notes. It's almost like we've discussed this before. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I would absolutely 100% go to the future. I appreciate Back to the Future Part 1 for what it is, but like the excitement in my, in my little child brain the first time I saw Back to the Future 2 in the first act when they go into the future and there's hoverboards and there's flying cars and, and people wearing their, their pants inside out and like, you know, weird color changing hats. I don't know. Uh, the future fascinates me. Like oh, I said it again. 
Um, <laughs> the future <laughs> intrigues me like nothing else. I, I want to see it so bad. I want to see jetpacks. I want to see the flying cars. I want, I want power laces. I want to hydrate a pizza. You know, you yeah. have a nice, fresh, hot pizza in like well, four uh, seconds. And with the past, you, you kind of know what to accept because we've got, expect we've kind of got an idea of what happened in the past. I mean, there's probably some shit that we've got like way wrong. It would be cool to go and see what is right and know things that nobody else knew. But the future is, you've got just an endless possibilities as to what could happen, you know. Um, up until the point that hu- the human race ceases to exist, there's always the possibility for something else cool happening. You know, so like you could jump forward 50 years and be like, nope, not cool enough yet. And then jump forward <laughs> 300 years and be like, oh, it's a nuclear wasteland. All right, let's go back a little bit. Just gotta skip around till you found the sweet spot where everything was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and you know one one thing, you know, if it, if it didn't come down to only one place, I could go. One thing that you uh, that you bring up regarding the past that I that I've always been fascinated by is what if fossil records and and assumptions are wrong? What if twenty thousand years ago there was technologically advanced societies on Earth? You know, like what, what if we are just another age that, you know, or even, even 150,000 years, you know, 2 million years ago, what if there was civilization on earth that destroyed itself and it just took that long for earth to rebuild itself? Yeah. Or left. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that fascinates me. The word of the day kids is fascinate. Um, that, that just gets my gears going. I want those answers so bad. But, but do, do, you, do you want the answers in the negative where you go back and there's, there's nothing interesting and it's just dull and you didn't get that now? No, I'm okay with that because that's, that's what we think it is right now anyway. Yeah, but you, you've, got, you've got hope of something awesome. Yeah, but I've also got hope that, that I'm going to you know, see a jetpack or get bitten by a radioactive spider or some shit and, and you know, get to become a superhero. But you know, if it doesn't happen, I'll you know I'm gonna be a little disappointed. But I'm I'm, it's not gonna keep me up at night. I'm not gonna get stress, heartburn, and high blood sugars. Yeah. Well, one of the other things, like practical, one of the practical things about traveling to the past too is that um, I'm pretty sure everything smelled terrible. People just I, I can't imagine they smelled good. If you went back to medieval Europe, oh man. Like those people bathed like twice a year. Man, didn't they just it, pour their shit out the windows? Yeah, yeah, they just open sewers in the street. And... Do they still do that in Italy? Were you saying that? No, they don't do that. Well, in in Venice, I think a lot of the sewer, the older sewers, still dump into the canals. Okay, and it's yeah. it, Venice stinks. It's a I was, beautiful. I was talking city. to Angelina about that the other day when we were talking about maybe going on a honeymoon in uh, in Venice. And yeah, I was well, like, it's a beautiful city. It's, it I mean, it's really cool. It's definitely worth going to. And they keep the you know the tourist center of the city pretty clean. But if when we went, we stayed in like a hotel kind of just outside the old town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh god, it, it was horrible. It smelled like garbage <laughs> and sewage, and it was just it, ugh, it was gross. And I wouldn't swim in any of those canals. I don't think anyone there does because it's fetid and pretty gross. No. But a uh, beautiful city though, like really cool place. Ridiculous that people decided. Hey, look at this swamp that floods all the time. Let's just pound a bunch of piers into the ground and put a bunch of stone on top of it. 
Um, well, I've got a uh, I've got a hypothetical for you um, in our what if segment here. So, <laughs> say you you got in a time machine, you went into the future, and it is a utopia. Then you find out that utopia happens because World War Three happens. Uh, let's just say a week after you get you get back from the future. I thought you were going to say because I left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> do you go back and fuck it up for everybody well to that effect you're getting sent back to your present do you warn the world about world war three billions of people die yeah you know, absolutely it, the most horrible things that could ever happen to the human race happen but you know say a hundred or a thousand years later the earth is advanced to a state where it is utopia where everybody gets along. There is no more war. There's no, there's no famine. People are exploring space and everybody's happy. And it's all because of World War III. Do you let it happen? Fuck yeah. All right. Without hesitation. Or wait, do I let it happen? Yeah, do you let World War III happen? No. Well, I mean, I'm not sure how effective I'm going to be at stopping World War, a world war. You get the information in the future that this one person is instrumental to World War III happening or not happening, and he lives right next door to you. You can stop him. If I had the power in this uh, broad hypothetical, no, I, I would uh, I would definitely still try and stop it because uh, the future is unwritten as of yet, and um, history is not that simple. So... You know, I'm sure everyone then could credit, um, could you know say, oh, if it wasn't for this war, then when this never would have happened, then this never would have happened, then this never would have happened. But maybe it would have anyway. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs in there still. What if you know that the world is going to stay on its regular shitty course? Well, well, even then. Then fuck them, because those guys don't exist yet, and I think the lives <laughs> of people that do exist are more important. All right. What if... Uh, and war sounds like it's really going to affect me personally, kind of shittily. What if you have the opportunity of collecting your family and living in that perfect future? Do you still go back and try to save everyone else, like me? Hmm, probably not, then. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> there it is. That's all I wanted. I wanted to find your breaking point. You asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, the, like I said before, my chances of stopping world cataclysm are pretty slim. Not in this situation. Yeah, maybe. You got a shovel, and this dude's just snipping his Bermuda grass with his, with little teeny shears and a magnifying glass, trying to get his lawn perfect. Yeah. Well, the the problem is one. One person doesn't have that kind of effect. He does in this situation. You can't. You can't just tell me that the hypothetical I've created isn't. You can't just say no. You're lying and and, and close your eyes. Yeah, but I just don't buy into it. I, the thing is, like, if, oh, if, if 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 I was told that, and if that was the if that was the situation, I'd, I probably would have doubts about it still. Oh, okay. So if you were really in the situation, you'd sort of be like, eh, fuck you guys. I'll wait until tomorrow and see if that is the truth. And I'll certainly feel like an asshole if the world almost ends. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, starting something like a, like a world war and, and it going into something like that, like that's a, that's more than a one person thing. 
Like you can go back and you can it's kill a chain Hart- of events. You can kill Hitler straight out of art school. World War II may or may not have happened, but I, I could definitely see situations in when some in which something very similar would now, th- still have this, occurred because he, that shit did not happen in a vacuum. This guy, this guy snips a, a blade of Bermuda grass too closely. He's OCD. He decides he needs to tear out his lawn. He goes to go get some sod from uh, from uh, fucking Green Acres. And when he's on when he's on the way there, uh, he runs a red light, crashes into a car which is carrying the wife of a military general who, in his grief, can't take it anymore and decides to uh, uh, stage a, uh, a communication from Russia and China to the president, who uh, he makes it seem like they've launched all their nukes, so we launch all our nukes, and then they launch their nukes because of that. World War Three. <laughs> all right. Well, then all they- because you wouldn't hit him with a shovel. I don't need to hit him with a shovel. I just need to hide his scissors. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, maybe I'd hide his scissors and then spear it off in the time machine, see how things turned out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that was, that was, uh, that was kind of interesting there because that sort of led into our next segment, which was going to be Let's Fight About It. You know, so we, we, we got to have a little fight there. Yeah, right, so Mr. Altruism. Yeah, I, I take it by your line of questioning that you would uh, sacrifice utopia for yourself to save uh, humanity. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Playing devil's advocate is half the fun, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. I came up with the hypothetical, so I, so I, whichever way you cited, I was going to try to make you feel like an asshole, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you, you were clearly, uh, I clearly wasn't giving the right answer. No. You you wouldn't have either way. Um, let's see. Okay, so what was my hypothetical again? Now I now I actually got to think about it. Um, so there's a would I would I try to stop World War Three if I knew that it created a utopia? A utopia that is, so mind you, a utopia that if you stay and stop it, you'll never get to live in. And if you don't stop it, so the idea is, if you don't stop it, you get to live in the utopia. Is that kind of what we landed on? Um, no, that was just sort of throwing more out there. Like, I think, I think in my, in my original hypothetical, you would have to sacrifice yourself for the, the promise of the human race thriving and surviving. Um, you know, whereas if, if the world continues the way it's going now, there's a big question mark and it, and it doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I said, you know, it's like if, if, if in in that hypothetical, if uh, if there's a great utopia and I come back here and that's the end of it, I can't go back to the utopia. Uh, well, sure, I'm going to try and stop it because I got to live in the, the world in between here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe if I knew that I'd just get good and vaporized. I, I might be I might be better with it, but I don't think I'd want to live in a post-World War III world. If I essentially had to die knowing that a utopia, or, you know, that, that, that the world would be its best. <laughs> Turns out everything wrong with the world is you. 
yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd like to I'd like to think that I could do it, but I mean, you know, if if we took it to the hypothetical of if I let it happen, I get to collect my family and and go to the future, like, you know, if if those were my two options, like die or go to the future without your friends, okay, you know, it's 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 pretty easy. Yeah, gotta take care of number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd I'd be I'd be sad. If I, you know, to go to the future into this utopia, knowing that all of all of my friends and uh, you know people I care about died, but yeah, you but know. you'd have you'd have like government issued hyper blowjobs to console you. <laughs> I'm mm. assuming that's a thing in utopia. Mm, hyper blowjobs. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that that is that is what utopia is. The it, it's That's a it. world, yeah. it's a world free of people who would oppose hyper blow yeah, jobs. Everything else is actually the same. They just have hyper blow jobs. Yeah, now. yeah, hyper blow jobs and uh, Roombas that go all over all surfaces, so the place is always clean. Yeah, and can t- detect dog shit and yeah. smear it everywhere. Yes, has that happened to you? It happened to some the people we built a house for. Awesome. <laughs> All right. What's our next segment, Mr. Robinson? Well, let's see. We've got a couple little ones left. So there was uh, we, uh, we kind of already covered. Let's fight about it with the uh, yeah that. Uh, there's listener mail, which uh, this being the first episode, we don't really have any listener mail. Boo! You done dropped the ball. Yeah. What the hell were you doing sitting on the couch for so long? Just sitting there and typing. All, just, all work and no pizza makes Ben a, a dull boy. Yeah. I was definitely thinking about pizza most of that time. Uh, no, I was just kind of re- looking at stuff and kind of going down rabbit holes. Yeah. Not writing a letter to ourselves from the future. I, mean, I could probably make one up on the spot here. Nah. Too late. I'm not cutting this out. <laughs> you know, why don't, why don't we write... A letter to ourselves in the future. Yeah, that's kind of like time travel. All right. So uh, I'll start it off. Dear John and Ben, uh, you guys are super cool. Um, yes, you did cringe when you said that. Comma. Wait, no. In parentheses. Because I know you were thinking that. Winky face. End parentheses. Okay, your turn. I hope you guys are enjoying all the uh, success that the podcast has brought you. Uh, if you happen to find a time machine, no need traveling back. There are already plenty of us, but feel free to send some of that sweet sponsor money this way. It could. Uh, we could definitely use it right now. The shipping blanket could use an upgrade. All right. Love... John and Ben. All right. Okay. Fold it up. Think I had an envelope here. Okay. And uh, I'll shoot that off um, into the ground because I think I'll just have to bury it like a like a time capsule. Yeah. Yeah. Or put it under something that we're not going to use. Yeah. Um, okay, so our next segment is uh, is going to be 
could Ben make this happen? This is a segment where we take uh, we take our topic um, that we were talking about. In this case, time travel, um, or you know, if if uh, if we ever do a podcast on on uh, Batman or James Bond, maybe we'll talk gadgets, um, that sort of thing. Ben is uh, for those who don't know him, uh, shame on you. He is. It's no excuse. <laughs> he is probably. <laughs> the 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 person with the most practical knowledge that i know if i if i need something built if i need help installing something or just figuring something out ben's brain operates on a level that uh that that does that he's an eagle scout um you know he he's just he's 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 got an analytical brain, and and it works. Mine, I just sort of, I just sort of, I can draw a picture of Batman, and then I give up uh, if I have to think harder than that. Um, I cannot draw a decent picture of Batman, though. See, we've all got our so. purposes. Oh, speaking of which, I need help um, setting up a record player. I did everything logically, and it's not working. And then I also need help uh, installing a pet door. But um, you don't need to commit I, to that. I, I think I could handle both of those okay those i would like to note are considerably easier than tonight's query uh to which a fairly simple answer is no <laughs> there's definitely no way uh, i don't think i yeah i don't think i can make a time machine um mostly because from all the evidence it does not really appear that time travel is possible well, isn't it mathematically possible? It's just... It's mathematically possible for, like, fundamental particles. And um, I, I guess some forms of matter, kind of, but not in not in the causal way that we imagine. that we, we Not in the practical way that we have been discussing. So you are not planning on building something that we can go hang out with our parents with. Well, I mean, I could probably make like a go-kart and we could like drive to our parents' house. My parents live in Idaho now, man. There's gas stations between here and Idaho, (laughs) but uh, no, not our parents in the past. So the, the, the problem with this is so that there's kind of the, you know, the main way that, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity, you know, travel faster than light, you go back in time is kind of your your simplest path to time travel. We don't really have any other theories on how one would go about doing it other than that at this point. And uh, the problem with that is it takes a, a pretty close to an infinite amount of energy to accelerate any amount of mass to the speed of light, much less beyond it. And it doesn't seem like that much. Yeah, because as the faster you go, essentially the greater your mass is and the more energy it takes to accelerate you because energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. These don't just sound really like large excuses. Uh, they are. They are. Like, like, like your excuses times your laziness equals... No time no, machine squared. No time squared. machine squared, yes, exactly. <laughs> So um, yeah. get so, on it, and we will follow your progress. The, the, the other kind of curious way, though, is uh, I think I was mentioned this to you the other night. Um, Richard Feynman and a guy named Wheeler came up with an idea that 
like, like kind of like a more of a thought experiment. I don't think anyone in physics really takes it seriously that all electrons are actually the same electron traveling back and forward from the beginning to the end of the universe because all electrons are identical. And, uh, and so when they're traveling forward in time, they're electrons. And when they're traveling backward in time, they're positrons, which are the antimatter equivalent of an electron. And this led Feynman to, uh, to kind of positing that antimatter is just regular matter traveling backwards in time, but not the kind of causal time that we're used to, like an, an, an a causal type of more mathematical time, I guess. But I was thinking about that the other day and uh, I was wondering if you, if that is indeed correct, that matter traveling back in time is antimatter if you traveled back in time, would it essentially like, are you essentially annihilating yourself with an antimatter version of you that then travels back the other way? Like, are you creating an antimatter version of yourself? And if so, like, are you, would, could you travel? Like if you could turn yourself into antimatter, would you then travel backwards in time at the same speed at which you experienced it in the first place? Yeah. And would you be able to interact with, uh, with the positive matter world or would it be, would it be an upside down like Stranger Things? I don't know. I'm just trying to keep from Milton cresting over here. And yeah, well, I think it would be. I mean, I think it would be. Uh, the, the difficulty of that is, as soon, is, well, supposedly, you know, the idea is if antimatter becomes in contact with regular matter of the same variety, it ceases to exist and um, emits a photon, emits light instead. But um, Kind of the, the thought behind it, I think, is that, you know, and maybe it's not ceasing to exist, but maybe it's just changing directions in time. So it looks like a two particles come together, and then from that, there is nothing after that. Whereas instead, it's one particle making a about face and heading backwards in time. And from your fixed point in time, you see two particles up until the point that it turned around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I don't know, that, there was that thought. Which also kind of led me to the thought of uh, faster than, you know, like warp drive and stuff that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, they never really deal with like time dilation in, you know, they did in Interstellar, but that movie was, I, I really didn't like that movie no. that much. No, that, that was. Yeah. Um, time dilation. Or like, so if when you're traveling back in time, you're antimatter, like, are, does that occur as soon as you cross, you know, become you know, go over the speed of light. Um, I mean, theoretically it's not possible to do so who knows, but I had some other thing that I thought was interesting about that, but I can't remember what it is right now because I didn't make a note of it because it was earlier today while I was at work. Oh, were you on the toilet? I might've been. Yeah. I mean, I was on the toilet during today. That's where it happens. Never have a pencil and a piece of paper on the toilet. Yeah. We've got our phones where we can make notes. So I usually have a piece of paper on me too, but I just you know Weird. don't always do it. All right. No. Ben cannot make this happen. No, no. I don't I don't think so. I don't blame you. I'm I'll I'll be interested to get into some more into some more mechanical ideas. Um okay. Well I I think uh I think we've exhausted uh our topics. Let's uh let's do let's do some shout outs. Um, slash plugs slash promotions. Uh, this is a segment where we uh, we tell people what's going on. 
maybe what uh, what kind of stuff we're into. Um, uh, something interesting in the world for people to go and enjoy. Uh, do you got any, Ben? Uh, I, well, I would like to recommend everybody uh, listen to this podcast. Shouting yourself out on yeah. your own show. I think that's good. Wow. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Future Us for doing such a fantastic job. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I, uh, I don't really, uh, I, don't, I don't have any big plans coming up, so I'm not really sure if there's anything, anything interesting going on. Okay. Um, well, uh, I would like to shout out uh, the comic book Space Oddities. Um, it, by the time this, uh, this episode comes out, um, we, should, uh, we should possibly have it in print. If not, we'll have some progress. And um, it, is, it is a story that is years in the making. Um, Ben and I, when we were when we were a bit younger, maybe late teens, early twenties, we had aspirations of uh, creating an Adult Swim series. Um, after I went to a comic con and got all inspired, uh, talking to the people who uh, who did Harvey Birdman and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, you know, back in the in the early heydays of uh, of the the Adult Swim cartoon revolution. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's the story of some uh, some um collectors of rare antiquities in a in a space that is uh that is no longer creating new ideas and concepts so old ones become valuable um but it's also got a uh, good good little hero's journey so keep your eyes peeled for that and um and we'll tell you more i'm i'm uh, i've i've been starting to draw this and i'm uh I'm very excited for it. Oh yeah, sorry, Ben and I co-write it, and um, and I'm doing the art for it. Just in case you were thinking this was not self-promotion. Yes. Yeah. Let's see. I'll I'll, I'll uh, let's plug some podcasts we're listening to, so so we can spread the love. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, James Bonding. If you're a fan of James Bond. Um, Matt's Myra and Gourley, um, every week talk about a, uh, different James Bond movie. Sometimes they'll spread out and, uh, and do some other movies. They, they like to, uh, so far they've done one Indiana Jonesing episode, which I particularly loved cause I'm a huge fan of Indiana Jones as well. Um, it's kind of a limited scope. Like you've got X amount of movies to do, and then you're kind of out of material unless you've expand the boundaries there a little yeah they've they've gone through they've gone through the whole list twice um but this last time around once they got on with uh with earwolf um they uh they started doing alternating weeks where they'll you know they'll do like ranking episodes your favorite and uh, you know uh lately i've been i've been digging on uh podcast the ride it's uh it's uh, uh scott gardner uh uh Goodness, Mike Carlson and Jason. Oh, I'm an asshole because I can't remember his last name. Sorry, dude. Uh, each episode, they they review a different uh, theme park or attraction, and um, they they go on forever. And you know their their podcasts sometimes get up to two hours, but it doesn't feel like it. It's always a lot yeah. of fun. Um, you know, I could I could do with a with a little less uh, less uh, political diatribes from, uh, from Scott, but whatever, it's still a great show. Well, you know, politics and theme parks, like <laughs> peanut butter and milk, man. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> um, uh, how about you, man? You got some podcasts you want to shout out? 
Uh, sure, yeah. Another, uh, since you talked about Earwolf, uh, podcast that I've been listening to um, for a couple of years now and enjoy thoroughly, uh, is Hello from the Magic Tavern, featuring, uh, it's got Arnie Niekamp um, and uh, Adel Rafai and the guy that plays Eustador, whose name I can't remember. But uh, it's, uh, it doesn't deal with time travel, but it does deal with interdimensional travel, um, where uh, Arnie has been transported i fell through a portal to the magical land of foon and uh, is spending his time chronicling i guess would be a generous term uh the uh the local population and uh it's a it's a fun improv based uh, show that uh, uh i quite enjoy listening to and i would recommend to others uh, also i guess i'm, I'm a huge uh D nerd so i listen to a few different uh actual play podcasts um, one of my favorites would be uh, one um, done by a buddy of mine that I play D&D with once a week, uh, Drew Hayes uh, and the Authors and Dragons crew. It's a bunch of fantasy kind of comedy, fantasy comedy writers that get together and play 5th uh, edition Dungeons and Dragons. And, we get it. You have friends. <laughs> well, at least one. Uh, but and, and you uh, wouldn't save. And it's, <laughs> well, you know. That's why there's only one. Um, but no, I'd recommend Authors and Dragons. It's uh, it's a great podcast. It's very entertaining. They don't take themselves too seriously. Uh, so if you enjoy actual play, uh, go check it out. Well, fantastic. Thanks for joining us today on Geek Exploration, the podcast. If you want to let us know what we did right or wrong, you can hit us up at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Geek Exploration Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. It is the best way to get the word out. Uh, if you didn't like it, uh, they're, they're not doing reviews anymore on Apple Podcasts, so don't, don't bother. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Our theme is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time, practice safe snacks always use a condiment.